Welcome to All of Yoga. This podcast explores, you guessed it, all of yoga, including the roots and history of yoga, how simple concepts from yoga philosophy can help us live a less stressful life, and how to approach the physical aspect of yoga in a safe and beneficial way. If you're brand new to yoga and wondering what it's all about, or you're an experienced yogi looking to learn more about all of yoga, this podcast is for you. This episode is about the four types of people and the four ways to treat them. Otherwise known as the four locks and the four keys, otherwise known as Sutra 133. By cultivating attitudes of friendliness towards the happy, compassion for the unhappy, delight in the virtuous, and disregard towards the wicked, the mind retains its undisturbed calmness. This is such an important and incredibly useful sutra. If someone tells us that they got a promotion or they've met someone that they're really excited about, our first thought is generally to compare that to our own life. I haven't had a promotion in years or things are a bit stale in my relationship at the moment. If someone tells us that they're struggling, things at home are tough or work is so challenging, We compare that to our own lives. When someone mentions they've volunteered for a charity or run 10k for the first time or or that they're learning a new language, we immediately start to think of our own achievements. And if there's wicked, non-virtuous actions, we condemn them and we think how we'd never ever do something like that. Let's face it, all this reaction is causing jealousy, comparison, worry, (laughs) smugness, all of which are emotions and feelings that need processing and working through, which all pertain to other people's actions. They have nothing to do with us. As you may or may not know, yoga is the state of a peaceful mind and it's the practice of working towards that state of a peaceful mind too. Before breaking this sutra down, let's have a look at it within the context of yoga and within the context of the yoga sutras. Yoga is the state and the practice of attaining a peaceful mind. Our asana practice, the physical practice, helps a lot towards this, which partly explains the strong focus on asana in yoga studios and online. But asana isn't the whole practice, and actually that's really the reason for being for this podcast. The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali are a sacred and honestly quite life-changing text. Sutra translates as thread. And the Yoga Sutras are nearly 200 statements, aphorisms, that weave a rich tapestry of knowledge. But it's not set in stone. You can go back and unweave and reweave depending on how your views change, how your life experiences shape you, and so on. The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali can seem inaccessible because there's lots of long Sanskrit words and abstract concepts. And for most people, myself included, 
it's really hard or maybe impossible to study on your own. That said, the whole text is completely practical. It's really a guide for life. If you think about yoga as the practice of working towards a more peaceful mind, there's two ways that we can achieve this that work together. One is to give your future self less things to worry about, to stress about, to think about. And two is to make peace and deal with what is already on your mind. There's one more thing to mention too, which is really important to bear in mind, which is that it's only about you. The sutra isn't asking you to permit or celebrate or judge or condemn another person's actions. What they do is on them. It's asking us to look inwards and explore the ways that we permit or celebrate or judge or condemn another person's actions and question that and be very aware of how much that affects our inner state. Okay, with all of that in mind, let's go. Sutra 133 means the 33rd sutra of the first chapter, and it's in four parts. The first part is cultivating attitudes of friendliness towards the happy. This certainly on the surface seems the easiest and the most obvious. If someone's happy, be happy for them. (laughs) Well, of course. But what if your colleague is really happy because they got the promotion that you were hoping to get? Or what if your friend is really happy, they think they found their love of their life, but you're currently going through a tough breakup? What if a family member is enjoying great success with their small business and you're scared to get yours off the ground? Or maybe you've been so, so keen to try out a new restaurant, but you just cannot seem to get a table and then your friend is able to book a table before you. It can be something seemingly quite small and inconsequential or something huge. Well, first of all, if you were to feel anything other than friendliness or happiness towards these happy people, it really doesn't affect them in any way. All it does is give you more to think about, to ruminate over. Why did they get the job? Fall in love have a successful business, get the restaurant booking, and I didn't. Thoughts like these are prime candidates for going round and round and round your head, aren't they? And let's be honest, that person is probably going to carry on being in their relationship or being in that job or enjoying their restaurant meal, whether you're happy for them or not. And secondly, to bear in mind, Just because somebody looks happy about something on the outside does not necessarily indicate what's going on in the inside, does it? If we go back to our main aim of the mind being as undisturbed as possible, as calm as possible, when you allow somebody else's state to upset you, that is obviously taking your potential calmness and throwing it away. Because It's dependent on what other people do, which is so far from your control. And remember, there's so many things in life where if it happens to somebody else, that does not necessarily mean that it can't happen to you. You, your best friend, your sibling and your work colleague could all find love on the exact same day. (laughs) The key word in this sutra is cultivating. 
by cultivating happiness for happy people, cultivating a skill. We're working on it. No one said it was easy, but it's reassuring that the peacefulness comes from the process of doing the work, of establishing the skill, not just from the final result. So let's put this into practice right away, starting today. When someone tells you a bit of good news or something that they're excited or happy about, watch your immediate thoughts. You might think, when will that happen to me? And that's okay. That's a human response. But then you have the control over what to think about next, over where to place your focus next. So think, I'm happy for them. Smile, congratulate them, dig deep and be authentic. And practice this again and again, as often as you can until it's second nature, which might be next week or in two decades time. One day, you'll notice that your first thought is genuinely, that is great news, rather than, why hasn't that happened to me? The second part to this sutra is cultivating compassion for the unhappy. Unhappiness here is basically everything apart from happiness. So people who are a little grumpy or maybe a little preoccupied today, all the way through to a deep, dark depression, struggling to leave the house. So all levels, all forms of really anything that you would say is not feeling happy. I feel like this can be really hard when you think you can see the source of the unhappiness for the person that's experiencing the unhappiness. Let's say you've got a good friend who's in a relationship with a guy and the guy does not make her feel good. He says to her like, why would you go out wearing that? You look like you're wearing a bin bag (laughs) or something. Then he's like, oh, I'm only joking. You're like, why did you say that? I know you're not joking. So then you get out and you go for coffee and your friend's really down in the dumps and she says, do I look like I'm wearing a bin bag? And you're like, this is really annoying. I was so looking forward to coming out for coffee and now you're in the dump, down in the dumps because of what he said. The key word in this section is compassion, not advice, <laughs> especially unsolicited advice. Remember, it's not about you solving or judging or comparing what's going on in someone else's life, but instead looking inwards and investigating why is it affecting you and how is it affecting you? Why do you feel the need to fix your friend's problems when, let's face it, you do probably have a couple of your own? Go with Patanjali's advice and be compassionate, that's it. And when you find yourself thinking, solving, analyzing, pause and place your focus, your energy, your effort on just being compassionate for your unhappy person. Having some human understanding like I'm listening to you, I'm empathetic towards you, I'm here for you whenever you need it. You know what compassion is and you know how to be compassionate. There's no need to complicate things. Simple. If you know someone that's experiencing unhappiness, and like I say, that might be just a little grumpy all the way through to a life affecting depression, the key is to meet them with compassion. 
compassion for the unhappy. You are creating this skill. You are cultivating the skill of meeting unhappy people with compassion. It's worth saying here that by cultivating compassion for others who are unhappy, you'll much more likely have this skill to apply to yourself when you are having a bit of a rough ride. So we've had cultivating attitudes of friendliness towards happy people and compassion for unhappy people. The third part of this sutra is delight in the virtuous. I think in English, we often think about virtuous people as people who are a bit smug. (laughs) People who easily roll out of bed at six in the morning and they do their asana practice for 90 minutes and they sit and meditate for 30 minutes and then they get up and they have kale for breakfast and they are just really virtuous. (laughs) But really, these scriptures are talking about people who possess and express virtues. A virtue being a skill, a talent, a discipline, like compassion, like friendliness, like patience, for example. In the Yoga Sutras, it says virtues are moral traits, such as patience, courage, and reliability that bring benefit to others and harm to no one. They are signs of spiritual maturity and serve as reliable compasses with which we can navigate the uncertainties of life. Virtues can be developed through study and contemplation and as the sutra suggests, through recognising their presence in others. So, when someone's really patient and you would have lost your temper by now, Can you turn inwards and investigate what's going on in you rather than comparing or judging or reasoning, just exploring? And last but not least, disregard toward the wicked. An alternative and very, very useful transliteration is equanimity toward the non-virtuous. This last section is usually the hardest part to get your head around. Often at this point, people say, well, they can't stand by and let bad things happen. And that's certainly not what this sutra is saying or recommending. Remember our context. Yoga is about creating a peaceful mind, which means making peace with what's already in our heads and giving our future selves less things to think, worry and ruminate over. If you're busy getting involved with the actions of the wicked, the non-virtuous, you are giving yourself extra things to think about. In many cases, the alternative to disregard would be to act with anger, to solve an injustice with anger, or to put a wrong right again. But we can do this from a place of equanimity, giving your future self less to regret. It's not saying don't act. It's reminding us of how to act in this circumstance. This whole sutra is asking us to turn inward and look honestly at our reactions, at our inner landscape, because this is the only way that we're going to be able to respond in a way that fits with our own value set. To respond in a way that doesn't give us more to stress over. Often when we just react, 
without pausing, without care, that reaction in and of itself causes more issues. And the last thing that we need is careless reactions and more issues. (laughs) All four parts of this sutra are things that we can start working on immediately. It doesn't straight away have to be the finished product. It doesn't have to be perfection. It's called a yoga practice for a reason. By cultivating attitudes of friendliness towards the happy, compassion for the unhappy, delight in the virtuous and disregard towards the wicked, the mind retains its undisturbed calmness. Patanjali groups all individuals in these four ways, called the four locks, the happy, the unhappy, the virtuous and the wicked. And you have your four attitudes, your four keys, friendliness, compassion, delight and disregard. The four locks and four keys should always be with you in your pocket. If you use the right key with the right person, you cultivate and retain your peace. So lovely yogis, I hope that's been useful and insightful. We have a Yoga Beyond Asana class that revisits these learnings and weaves them in with some movement and some meditation to process. This is completely free to join. Just check out our show notes for the link. Go and have a fabulous day and remember you're your own hero. See you next time. Thank you.